From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 177. Today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com and Fracture. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, of course, by the one and only Mr. Brad Dowdy. What's up, mate? Nothing, man. I'm getting ready to go on a trip tomorrow. Um, yeah. Tell, tell us all about what you're going to do. I'm uh, doing the keynote speak. Uh, talk keynote speak there you go that's, that's a really good start for somebody who needs to <laughs> you are a professional podcaster so this ought to work out well not for only you. spend the next hour talking and then need to prepare to actually speak in front of people i'm giving the keynote speech at a new conference called release notes mm-hmm. in indianapolis and i should hopefully be meeting with the lovely Mr. Thomas Hall, who I owe an email back to as we speak currently, but we're hopefully going to go and meet for coffee one morning. You probably owe him some pens too, knowing you. No, I don't actually <laughs> this time. Well, I think it's mainly because he probably won't ever send me any <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's, that feels potentially more likely. Um, so yeah, that would be nice, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a, a couple of pen addicts are going to be there. Doug's going to be there, of course, because Doug Beal is everywhere. <laughs> He is. That's awesome. And uh, I, I listened to your uh, your piece on analog last night, and you were talking with Casey about getting prepared for it. And it sounds like you've you've got this down, man. I'm excited for you. You seem like confident about it. You're ready to roll, and uh, I am proud of you and excited for you. Thank you. I uh, I've I've been looking deeply at this presentation, thinking about it a lot, and I presented mm-hmm. it to a few people. And uh, I did a dry run with Gray today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can present to him can present to anyone yeah because he'll tell you how it is oh he I did mean, i mean he, did. he he tells brady how it is right on yep. the show so they don't care that's good that you need someone like that so yeah perfect so yeah i think it i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it so it'll be fun good good well um are you are you flying with any pens that's all that's all we really care about on this show uh standard fair i'm flying with a Karis customs ink but the retro 51 refill version i mm-hmm. have the nasa retro 51 just because i have one in my bag Gosh. two sharpies and the colt pens mechanical pencil nice it's a pretty good kit yeah pretty standard yeah. fair and i've got a couple of field notes notebooks and one of the dot dash not co books nice 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 all right, and so in, in some of those books, you may have tested out your uh, pen show Pinchot. in it. And uh, yeah, we still haven't verified that name, but we were talking last week about how we got those in and you were disappointed in the colored leads that were available. And it didn't hit me till after the show and listening to the Erasable podcast with Anon and talking about colored pencils. And then the same night I got a Slack message from Edward's editor um, in the Panatic Slack room uh, that essentially say this, said the same thing as Anna. So let me read this out to everyone because it was not clear to me at the time when we were talking about different uh, uh, graphite hardnesses and the the, the scale that um, pen, pencils are measured on. So let me read this. It says the H, F, H, B, and B scale only refers to graphite and clay leads. The more graphite, the softer. The more clay, the harder. Colored leads are made of pigments and waxes, and each manufacturer has their own recipe. I'm not aware of any standard hardness scale, so you might just need to check with the colored lead community. That's not me, by the way, is what Edward's editor says. Um, I can tell you about colored wood case pencils, but I don't do much colored lead. So I thought that was a really, really good point. It's it's a completely different game, right? Yeah, completely. I barely understand it. 
Yeah, so it's it's just a totally different material. Listen to the Erasable podcast with Anna. She talks about how some of these different types perform. But basically, it's going to be, if we're going to find something to suit you better, it's going to be a word of mouth reading reviews type of thing. Because just think of the colored lead by Uniball as Uniball's recipe. It's going to come one way, and they're going to make it soft, hard, you know, dark light whatever theirs comes out to be and per color right because each color has a different combination right so red could be soft and light blue could be hard and dark right so we're just gonna have to get recommendations read reviews try to find out what's the best fit for any type of colored leads whether it be you know the leads for the pin show or or um in a colored pencil right so it's gonna be it's gonna be some trial and error and i'm, I'm gonna order some things and, and play around with it because i want a good colored lead for for the pen show myself um instead of the standard uh gray graphite so i'll i'll i will work on that and uh see what i can find out so what's what's what was the common composition you wanted the 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 red you have is way too soft right it crumbles yeah well it, it doesn't crumble it's just too soft too soft yeah it's way too soft like i can't i cannot keep it a a, a fine point yeah yeah so you would prefer it to be harder and probably maybe a little bit darker yeah exactly like like the the black one okay so yeah i'm gonna work on that because i want something for that too and i started to order some things and then i started getting these emails and i was listening to um on a talk about this on uh on erasable and um I was like, "Ooh, let me hold off and let me let me read a little bit more, and then uh, then we'll find something else." So Mike and I are open for suggestions for uh for lead replacements for the pin show that uh, will get us some nice colored lead refills for that. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, um, but I I get it. But it's like, ah, why can't physics be different? I don't know. Like I don't know, I know. what it is that makes up the like how it works out, but. You know, this whole show has been one big learning process, right? I mean, you know, we're just learning about the the, the grown-up coloring thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting all the information about that. And now we're learning about uh, colored lead hardness and how, how to determine what that is. And hopefully, you know, we're on a mission to to find some answers. And hopefully we can share those with everyone, you know, what we find. And that's kind of a fun part about the show because uh, the community will jump in here. You know, someone will have experience with this. And they'll say, hey, try this or look at that. And here's why you should do this. And then you get information like this from edward's editor it's like oh well duh that's exactly how it is and um it makes it um makes us smarter um even if we don't sound it at the time <laughs> all right mike the next link's for you buddy yes Bic is on a mission to save handwriting and did they did they email this directly to you not yet. I'm waiting no. for it. I'm, okay. I'm waiting for my uh, personal tutor to arrive or something. <laughs> so this is just a, a general um, piece. And, you know, the, if you listen to this uh, interview, there's an audio interview on this page. We'll link in the show notes. Um, it says, Bic is on a mission to save handwriting. Does it need saving? And it's basically an N- NPR uh, channel reviewed uh, Pam Allen, who is actually employed by Bic for their fight for your right campaign and she is a, a literary um a literacy 
uh, person. She she operates a, an organization called Lit World and you know works on handwriting you know with uh, underprivileged kids and underprivileged areas and travels around the world and espousing those things. And you know she was doing that before she was employed by Bic and Bic got together with her to kind of spread the word about this campaign about fight for your right. Um, and basically what it is is you know Bic wants obviously Bic has their own motives right so you gotta you take this with you know a grain of salt but it, it's still a valid point that you know Bic wants you to embrace your technology you know and technology is a tool but it's not the solution you know for everything and that there's a place for pen and paper and there's a place for writing especially for the young young kids you know I'm concerned being a father of young kids a second and fourth grader that they don't value they they're not they don't understand how important handwriting is you know 20 years down the line mm -hmm. you know everything's digital right now it seems like and even in schools you know they're getting pushed to more digital things which hey I'm a computer guy I want them I'm, I'm excited for that I want my you know daughter to learn how to code but when she's you know 25 and looking for a job and she can't take handwritten notes in a meeting because she's like stressing about writing and she's so used to writing something digitally i don't i don't want that to happen i think it's important that this campaign you know gets into the schools and you know gets into people and gets people writing and you know it's it's based around stuff we have talked about ad nauseum right we are very big believers in, in doing this so I thought it was a decent interview. I thought Pam left a little bit on the table, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, she could have locked it down a little bit more. The interviewer actually um, did a good job of pressing her about why he should trust her being an her and Bic being yeah. an employee of Bic. I thought that was a fair question. Because and that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. I was like, of course you're saying this because otherwise you guys go out of business. Right. That's exactly right. And I didn't think she nailed that answer. <laughs> I, th I thought she she kind of sidestepped it a little bit, and that's okay. I mean, I, I don't like to be put on the spot either like that. Um, but it, it's worth a listen, and it, it, this isn't, it isn't about the interviewer and Pam, but it's about, you know, Bic's, Bic. I appreciate Bic putting, you know, their advertising dollars in a fight for your right campaign. So I, I think it's important. So I, I haven't seen anything about this, right? I, I would have never seen this if someone didn't email me this link. You know, I don't know where they're running these ads, um, you know, how they're trying to push this platform. Um, I certainly haven't seen anything about it, but uh, I'll keep my eyes peeled just um, out of curiosity and seeing how they're trying to deliver this campaign. Because right now I'm just seeing, I'm seeing the talk about it and the launch about it, but I'm trying to figure out where the action is. I, that's what I haven't figured out yet. So uh, I'll keep my eyes on it. Related to that, I got a bunch of links to a podcast called The Illusionist. Have you ever heard of that? I have Mike? heard of this show, actually. Yeah. I've never listened to it, but but I know the name. It's basically a, a show about words. Um, you know, what different word meanings, um, things like that. I, I forget the uh, the lady's name who does it, but she was fantastic. Is uh, it the host Helen of the show. Zoltzman? It's Helen. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was fantastic. I, I really like her style. But they did, um, they did a show on eponyms, um, which is, gosh, I guess you would explain it as, you know, the word has two different meanings kind of thing. It's... Uh, 
you know, where like they're taking, um, what's his name? Marcel Bick is his last name. And then Bick also is the company name. And Bick is also ubiquitous with a ballpoint pen. And same thing with uh, Laszlo Biro, who first patented the pen. So they go kind of go through the origin stories of how the ballpoint came to be. Uh, they have on, she has on James Ward, who wrote the book uh, Adventures in Stationery, which I have not read yet. The, uh, the team over at um, uh, Erasable went through the book on one of their episodes. We'll have to find that episode number where they went through and talked about a lot of the pencil and stationery things uh, in, in that book. I'll have to get that book to read. But um, it was a it was an interesting little um, backstory that James gave about how Laszlo Biro came up with the idea of the ballpoint, patented patented it, um, started trying to make it, had a lot of failures, um, you know, and how he worked through all those failures into making like a really valid pop product and then got into business with Marcel Bick and who licensed the technology from Bureau and how that ended up in a bunch of lawsuits. And then, you know, Bick ended up becoming like the most famous essentially most famous ballpoint pen company in the world, right? And probably still is um, to that. So it was interesting to see. It was interesting to hear a little bit of that background. I kind of knew the story a little bit. Um, James Ward goes into it a little bit more detail than that, but it's it's like a 17-minute podcast, and there's probably like 10 or 12 minutes of this story. So it's worth it to jump in there, hear the story. Um, James was saying that to this day, the Bic Crystal, you know, the the clear, the, the most famous Bic, mm-hmm. on basically, it still accounts for half of all ballpoint pens sold on a daily basis. Doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, if I think about me um, in my work life, my old work life, mm-hmm. there was just every stationary closet just had boxes and boxes and boxes of Bics. Yeah. Yeah, and there was an interesting point during the podcast where he was talking about how when the ballpoint started becoming uh, really popular, they ran up against uh, a huge community that felt they were actually going to hurt handwriting. So because they don't have the line variation and the flair that you could get with a fountain pen at the time, because that was what everyone was using, you know, the the ballpoint just generally had a straight fixed width line. And mm-hmm. that was, they were, you know, the complaints at that time were that, well, that's going to ruin handwriting because you can't get all this variation and you can't, don't have like all the smoothness and all the flair that you get with the fountain pen. So they argued about pens uh, back then, just like we are arguing about them now. Right. Yep. (laughs) Totally the same thing, (laughs) but that's a good, um, check out that podcast. Um, you know, like I said, it's a 17 minute long podcast that was good to listen to and the the previous article is like a 10 minute interview so you can knock both of those out um hear what they have to say i think they both uh both make some uh good points and some uh interesting things one of the hot items in my instagram feed and on twitter and it's something i should have spoken about earlier because i'm interested to see which of our listeners do this and i know several of them do um and that's inktober um, are I you familiar this. with Inktober? Uh, this we've is so spoken great. about it before. God, yeah. And I can't believe it's taken me through over half the month to get to the Inktober. Um, but it's basically where people um, take the month of October. Um, 
artists, anyone, writers, sketchers, um, make an ink drawing, post it, hashtag it, Inktober, and people try to do it once a day for the 31 days of October. So you'll see lots of um, lots of numbers related. Yeah, uh, Dan uh, Bishop at Design Concussion on Instagram is doing Inktober. Brian Draggy, I know, is doing Inktober, is one of our followers and listeners. Um, so if anyone else is doing Inktober, I would love to see your work. Um, I don't know if Joey Feldman's doing it. He's a he's a big uh, listener and reader of The Pen Addict um, and artist. So there's probably a tons of y'all that are doing Inktober work, and I would love to see it. I think uh, Matthew Morse, um, hey, Matthew, is doing Inktober. So send us your link. Send it to us on Twitter. Tag me in Instagram, whatever. I want to see your stuff. We have the hashtag. Um, for Inktober, and I don't know how long this has been running. I mean, Instagram does it for you know all time, but there's over a million posts tagged Inktober um, on Instagram. So I'd love to see it. And you know, I'm looking through the feed now, and everyone's got a bunch of 19s on it because that's today's date. So they're doing their 19th drawing to mark the 19th day of Inktober, and it's just kind of cool to see all these drawings, see all the tools that people use. These are the kind of things that fascinate me, um, even though I don't participate in it myself. Um, I can't stop looking at this type of stuff. Do you do you enjoy this type of thing, Mike? It's nice to see beautiful artwork, right? Yeah. And it's nice to see even like the the most simple basic stuff and and I'm like, "Oh, maybe I should do it." No, I can't do it. Oh, my artwork's terrible. And you know, it's it's not about that. Just do it, Brad, right? Do it, Brad. But yeah. It's uh it's pretty cool and I I love seeing all this stuff. So, if you're if you're an Inktober participant, uh, shoot us a link because I, I want to check it all out. All right, Mike, hit me with this next spot. So I saw this a little while before we began recording today. Yeah, um, so I, I didn't see it before I pulled up the document, so that's why I want you to, to hit this up. So this is something that we've known about for a while, that Nixon, uh, the fashion designer, clothing brand, watchmaker, um, I think they're mainly watches, right? That, that's, yeah. I think that's what they're mainly known for. But they do some yeah. other stuff, don't they? Right, yeah. I think they do some backpacks and stuff that I was looking at, maybe. But I don't know. But they, they're definitely known for their watches. That's how I know them for, from. Um, they have commissioned... Uh, they do a lot of skateboarding type stuff as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. They have commissioned their own field notes. Um, three different colors. They look like they've got quite... An, one of them at least looks really interesting, paper-wise. Mm-hmm. And they're selling them, which is interesting because I didn't know you could do that. But they are. <laughs> mm. So these have been rumored to be coming along in the kind of the wings for a while. Um, and they're available for sale now on Nixon.com. I don't know how long they will be around for, um, but they are US only. Hmm. You can't buy them outside of the U.S. However, uh, I have a hookup. Um, Ginny at Three Staples is helping me out, which I'm very happy about. So I'll be able to get a pack or two. But yeah, you can buy these. The link will be in the show notes. Um, they are available. This is a change in what Field Notes has done in the past. I don't understand it. Uh, number one, they've never allowed people to make a custom book and resell it. Um, number one, number two, they're charging $15 for it, which is out of line with field note stock pricing. Um, number three, I'm just pretty uncomfortable with this all the way around. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a good looking pack. I just, I think I'm getting a little burnout with the ancillary issues that are floating around. It's so much stuff that the next new thing doesn't get me excited like it used to when it used to be a lot fewer new things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've totally blown out the budget like on pins in the past month. And I'm like, well, the last thing I need is another pack of three notes that's just going to sit there on uh, field notes that's going to sit there unused. And so I'm not even going to order this one um, just because I don't need it. Um, I love it. It's it's cool looking. I just don't need it. And I'm super concerned if this is going to be uh, the new business model for field notes. And that's fine. I If that's their new buzz, business model, that's great. They just need to say it because in the past, you've never been allowed to sell field notes um, as a thing. So I don't know. They're talking about the coal field notes in the um, chat room. That was a in conjunction with Aaron Draplin. Um, so I think there were some uh, considerations made there to have that as an option um, to sell individually. Um, but if we're going to start seeing every shop carry their own branded field notes, that's cool. I mean, and they can do some cool stuff, but it's just like, I mean, I just don't need it. Right. I mean, it's just too much. It's too much. And, um, you know, that that's fine if Field Notes wants to do it that way. But just from my perspective, um, I just don't need that many more Field Notes. I am loaded for bear with Field Notes. So we'll see. I I just it's it's just a, a it's a sea change for the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And totally fine. I'm not against it. I it's just it's just not for me because now I'm going to see every cool shop with their own field notes and you know it'll be good for those companies brands and it's good for field notes they can get their brand into new new hands but you know i'm, so I'm like good with the, the colors um, is it j were they j crew or jc penny were they never uh, sold the j crew ones were in the store i do remember that the jc penny ones i actually bought off the website so yeah they've had some or they've sold in the past so i don't get it but when you, if you if you ever wanted to order some you know, for a project in the past, I mean, the, the rules are always you cannot sell them. So there have been exceptions in the past. I'm just wondering if this is an exception or if this is the new standard. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter to me in the end. It's just I've only got so many dollars to spend, <laughs> you know, and I've, I'm way over that. So then seeing something else new pop up today is like, oh, man, that's the last thing I need. So I'm I'm not even interested in the least in ordering these. So, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to order them. Yeah, I, they're awesome. They're great colors. I think they're super cool, but I'm just whatever. I think they're blank on the inside, too. Are they blank? Doesn't even say. Oh, no, it's a mixed. It's a mixed three-pack. I got you. Graph rule plane. That's cool. I like it. I think it's good for Nixon, and it's good for field notes. It's just not necessarily good for me. I mean, I just don't... I've gotten a little bit burnt on the 8 million special editions. But there's a, that's there's just, a that, lot right now. I, I wonder if it's just coincidence that there's so much right now. I don't know. I have a feeling it probably is. And believe me, I'm not... I, field notes should absolutely do it. It's only... It's a good business decision. It's just as a customer, I just this isn't uh, this is not a Pokemon thing for me, right? So yeah, I, I'm good with not owning every edition. So 
they're certainly it, the price point is what I think was what's hanging me up. Why do they get to charge a premium? That's my biggest hang up, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. I think. I, mean, not I, I guess they're. Char- I mean, I don't know how much it's costing. You know, it might be costing Nixon like seven or eight dollars per pack, right? You, we we don't know how that works out. I guess. Right, right. Because field notes will put uh, naturally put their markup on that they wouldn't usually need to do, and then. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not excusing it, but like that's why they're no, no. more expensive. Well, and this is why Field Notes has always had that policy in the past. Yeah, you can't you can't sell them. So, is this a new thing? They're going to charge for this, and this is the new retail price of these books. Or that's that's the confusing part. Or Nixon just selling them. Yeah, it's Nixon. <laughs> they very well, could yeah, like they're just doing it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal. It's, I'm not trying to make drama out of it. I just find it. Uh, I just have more questions. I have lots of questions about it. And um, There is a part of me that wants to not be able to buy limited editions. They're more yeah. fun when you can't buy them, right? Sure. That's kind of the fun of it all. Like, you have to fight for them. Right. And who even who even says this is limited? Uh, doesn't it say it's limited on there? I think it does. It says special edition. Okay, well, yeah, maybe I just conflated that in my mind. Oh, no, say. it says limited edition and special edition on the belly band. It says both things. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it's when they're gone, they're gone, or they just print more. So it just opens up a lot of questions. I I mean, in the end, I, I don't totally care. I, actually, I honestly think it's a good business decision by Field Notes. They can get their brand in front of more people, right? I'm just saying it's it's different than how they've behaved in the past. Yep. And the price is, the price is what's really got me questioning things like, what is this? So, anyway. Moving on, sir. Yeah, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. I need a drink, and uh, I want to hear about our awesome friends at lynda.com. They are great. We love lynda.com. They are the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses that are here, they're there to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. You can get yourself a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash Pen addict. Lynda.com is for people that want to solve problems, people that are curious or who just want to make things happen. Maybe you're looking to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, boost your Photoshop skills, learn how to do some viral marketing for your business. Maybe you want to start a new business and learn how to bootstrap it and think about it that way. Maybe you then need to think about doing tax stuff at the end of the year. No matter what it is, Lynda.com is there to feed your curious mind. You will be able to watch and learn from top experts who are super passionate about teaching and stream any of their thousands of video courses on demand, allowing you to learn on your own schedule and at your own pace. All of their courses are broken down into bite-sized chunks, allowing you to consume them and watch them really simply from start to finish or in any order that you want. You can also save them to playlists so you can uh, maybe watch different types of courses in different orders and then you can share them with friends and colleagues and that sort of stuff afterwards. If you watch on a web browser, you'll be able to browse along with each course transcript so you can follow along and you can search for answers in those transcripts and skip to that point in the video. Or you can even watch and download courses to your Android or iOS device as well to learn on the go. Yolanda.com membership will give you unlimited access to any of this training any of these training materials these hundreds of topics these thousands of hours for just one flat 
rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, go and visit lynda.com slash penaddict for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much to lynda.com for their support of this show. All right. Thank you, Linda. Um, real quick, back on the on the field notes thing, the, the chat room's got uh, several more examples about them selling through retailers like uh, the Starbucks one which is a big example right but it's just still it's sold through one physical shop in Seattle you can't the, order them online the online sale makes it different right well and it's the standard retail the non-standard retail price right the Starbucks ones I think were whatever the regular price of that size field notes were either the arts and science ones were more you know they had a higher base price and then the the roastery editions were I think the same nine ninety five. so Punky sent me some of those by the way yeah, I got some uh, from one of our listeners as well. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. The, and I will admit that the uh, the the big size, the the first roastery edition, um, is one of my favorite editions yet. Hmm. All right. So the reason why I did not <laughs> purchase pay the fifteen dollars for the Nixon is because I have also I have recently purchased the twenty fifteen limited edition Mina group buy from Edison Pinco. So every year Brian Gray at Edison does one pen, well, one style of pen, usually two different colors, or he'll, he'll have a vote, and whoever, whichever color wins the vote, um, he'll make, or the top two colors, whatever. So he'll do, um, he's got a couple different um, acrylics, uh, well, actually one acrylic, one ebonite, um, in the Mina shape, which is a, a barrel shape that I do not have an Edison pen in, and the acrylic is really pretty. Um, and it comes with the, he's doing these new nibs on, on the pen. I'm also interested to try that. Um, visually they don't speak to me that well, <laughs> but I want to give them a try and, uh, it doesn't head, didn't uh, stop me from ponying up for it because the blue denim ebonite looks killer. And, um, I have never ordered one of the, um, one of the group buys from him. I actually have one, but I had traded for someone who after the group buy wasn't crazy about their pen and wanted to trade it so i have the beaumont stealth limited edition group buy pen which is a great pen but this is the first one i've actually ordered you know straight through brian um i'm getting the standard mina in denim ebonite um, with an extra fine on whatever this new nib he's trying it's a very pointy straight kind of nib as opposed to like a flared out um, standard fountain pen nib. It actually looks like the shape of the Pilot Falcon nib or the Ilabo nib, um, although but it's not flex. Don't get me uh, <clears throat> don't confuse what I'm saying there. I'm just talking about the shape in general. So it's interesting. I will. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what this is like. And I have a pen. I'm wondering if it matches the Ebonite Pearl that I have. I'll have to pull up an old picture for you mike and see how close it matches it's a real close match to an ebonite pearl i bought it like the 2013 atlanta pen show um i actually have it in my hand i actually inked it up last night because it's such a good um it's also an ebonite uh, barrel uh pen and it's such a good looking pen that i i'm lusting after this mina already so i had to ink up the similar looking edison pearl that i have so what what do you think about these pens i know i'm assuming you're probably not in this group by um it doesn't necessarily seem like your type of pen to to jump on but uh, what do you think i think it looks very pretty um mm -hmm. i haven't seen a pen that i can recall like this where it kind of mirrors to the middle um and it tapers mm. in like that 
Right. Um, at least that's how it looks to me. Maybe the lighting, but it looks like it's it's thicker at the ends than the middle. I think it is. I it's, believe it is. It's how it looks. It might be. It, it, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not seeing. No, it. I think it, the, it's, eye, it's correct. It's very very pretty. The nib looks very very interesting. Um, it's just not. I just don't want to put them. I just don't want to put the money in right now. I don't. I don't. I don't need to do that. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't need another fountain pen. Even though it looks very very nice. Um, I, I was wondering though, and you might know, why did they do this? Why does Edison do this? It's always been Brian's way to get some get people into a um, uh, signature line pen for a lower price, right? So he has production line pens which are the Beaumont, the Perlette, um, the one he just discontinued. So he makes the production line pens that go out to all the vendors, right? They get the same shape, the same colors, the same everything. And then he has barrel designs like the Pearl, like the Mina, like the Menlo that you can only custom order. You can't get those from any retailer. And so he offers once a year one of the signature line pin barrels in a unique color for a lower price than you would if you were just custom ordering a pin from Brian. Yeah, so for sure. it's his it's his way of getting people into a signature line pin for a little bit better price because he can sell um, more. You know, if he does this group buy, his costs come down, things like that. So it's his way of uh, of offering up um, the opportunity to get a signature line pin when you may not. Um, may not have been able to in the past um because normally i don't know what these would normally run but like the pearl i have would have been at least you know probably 200 250 dollars um yeah he said the normal retail retail price for these pens would be 200 so they're 175 and for the ebonite and 170 for the acrylic so it's just his way to to kind of uh, get more people into his signature line offerings that have only used the production line pens before I'd love to know so, how successful they are. Well, we'll see. How they, they, They'll come numbered, so we'll know how many that are made. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like the uh, the Beaumont I got was three or four years ago, and it was only like 40. Um, Only like 40 of them or so. It was mine's number, I don't know, X of 40. Okay. And, but then like the last two years, I haven't bought them because I didn't like, I either didn't like the design or I didn't like the uh, acrylics or ebonites that he was using so I just didn't order them this is the for actually the first one I'm ordering because um, it looks like a pen I would enjoy so that's my take on that bunch of people have been asking and uh, yes I am in I did get another question this is totally changing the subject from a high-end fountain pen to a, a pencil sharpener but I took a picture of my desk with the uh, the, the uni kh20 um, hand crank pencil sharpener mic because I've been using uh, wood case pencils more often and I just finally decided well I'm just gonna leave my sharpener on the desk instead of keep I I have a bunch of stuff in a in a closet and you know I'll use my pencils at my desk if I need it sharpened I'll walk back to the closet sharpen the pencil and come back and I was like well this is dumb just put the stupid sharpener on your desk so I took a picture of it and I got an interesting question and I, it kind of made me go huh that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> and so our good good twitter friend chiroho uh says i see you have a mitsubishi kh20 on your desk what's the benefit of that over something like the coom long point manual pencil sharpener and i didn't have an answer for that there is no benefit to having 
the big honking pencil sharpener on your desk than a small hand sharpener like the Kum. Um, it a, is a little bit matter of convenience. You know, the point is easier to put on with the hand crank, and, you know, it's an easier, um, more consistent sharpen, I believe. It's less messy, uh, self-contained sharpenings, although the Kum has a small little, um, little, um, holder for for uh ledge for wood shavings but i don't know that i said there really is no benefit to have it it's just a, a nice to have kind of thing as opposed to you know a small portable hand crank i mean a small portable sharpener that you just you know hold in your hand and sharpen their pencil with and it's just kind of a cool desk display and then that brings up the other question i've raved about the classroom friendly pencil sharpener that's the one with the super stabby points, right? But it also leaves the teeth mark in it when you sharpen it by the way it grips the pencil and holds it into the sharpener. The Mitsubishi KH20 doesn't do that, and it makes a point just the tiniest bit duller than the classroom friendly. I mean, it's close, but the benefit of not having the barrel marked up um, it is more important to me than the, the little bit of sharpness and the stabbiness of the pencil um, that I get. So I don't know. That's I, I wanted to answer that question because I didn't really have an answer as to what's the benefit over that sharpener over this sharpener and, because I don't think there is one. Um, it's expensive. It sits on the desk. It's not portable, um, but it's very, very well done. It's very refined. It's very consistent. So that's why I like having it on the desk as opposed to a, a, a handheld sharpener. Any specific reason why you go hand crank and not electric? Yeah, because both the KH20 and the classroom friendly, I like the, a very long uh, sharpened area. Does that make sense? Like whatever the length is from the tip of the lead to the paint of the um, pencil, um, whatever that sharpened area is called i don't know if they're for the, whatever that measurement is in the kh20 and classroom friendly that's a very long and i like that style as opposed to a very short like exposed wood section which most of those electric sharpeners um aren't going to give you the same type of uh elongated sharpen if you will i i, I don't know the proper words for that do you know what i'm saying so like if you sharpen, you mean like you have, the wood part that is yes. shown that is not covered in the wrapping of the color. Yes. Yeah. I like that to be very long and pointy as opposed to short and stubby. And these hand crank sharpeners, and plus that Coom long point manual that Chiroho uh, mentioned, um, has gives you that very long tip at the end as opposed to a shorter, either average length. Probably the electric ones give you like an average length average length uh, sharpen and then some of the handhelds give you an even shorter one you know, it looks like a golf pencil type of um tip on the pen and i'm kind of putting together in the background and maybe i'll get one of the erasable guys to come on i want to do a pencil show a wood case pencil show i've been taking notes on this off and on and i haven't had the time to like sit down and 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 go through all the pencils that i have to to be able to talk about them and maybe we can get someone to come on and uh talk about them with us what do you think yeah i'm waiting for that thing to push me over the edge <laughs> yep so you you've gotten a uh you've gotten a uh, uh a pencil pencil hookup from one of those guys right 
No? Yes, though, uh, maybe? Yes, I have a... You know what I do? I have a bag of woodcase pencils that yeah. I was like... I remember at the time, I was like, they said, very nice, but I ain't going to use these things. Pencils? <laughs> and now look at me. I know, right? So it's yeah. it's becoming part of my routine, and I don't like to leave home without them, even if I'm not using them there in my backpack every day. And um, I, I definitely have two or three favorites that I, I'm leaning towards. So we're going to do... We'll do a full woodcase pencil um, episode here, you know, maybe in the next month or so. I just... I need to put some more uh, thought into that. So that's a... That's a big planner for me. I need to uh, spend some time with. So um, one more quick thing before we uh, get into our next sponsor and the pen type B talk is how do you store your ballpoint and gel refills, Mike? Um, this is from Willa4 on Twitter says, or am I just weird to keep swapping them out? So do you actually have extra pen refills and how do you store them? I don't have extra pen refills now. <laughs> so I only have extra pen refills if, like, I, if I've re- I replace a lot of refills. Like if I get a TI2 Tech Liner, for example, it ships with a 0.7 millimeter 207 refill. I'll swap that out into a 0.38 millimeter RT1 refill. So I have an extra 0.7 refill laying around. I have a bag. <laughs> I literally have a Ziploc bag full of refills. I don't think there is any rhyme or reason to refill storage um they'll die eventually you know after several years some of them just aren't going to perform consistently and you just have to chunk them but it's not something i give a lot of consideration to um i mean i do store them in a in a dark closet but i mean that's not necessarily on purpose you know i'm not trying to keep it uh climate controlled it's not like a you know it's not like a walk-in uh wine uh cooler right you know it's not temperature controlled and and all these things and keep the humidity right it's just a refill so i throw them in a ziploc bag uh, in a closet so and you know i'll dig through there when i need something every now and then but um i don't think there's any particular thing you do but they will go bad after a certain amount of time it's usually years but um they're it, they'll just lose their consistency they'll start writing and they'll stop and then sometimes you just have to pitch them and that's okay it's a pretty cheap refill so so what I'm saying is mostly I store them in the garbage can, but I don't use them. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I need a, a pen, pencil, humidor. That's exactly what I need. All right, let's talk about our good friends at Fracture because I keep forgetting to get my holiday Fracture order prepped, and I'm running out of time, Michael. Oh, you are, and that's what I need to tell you about today. You've, we've mentioned Fracture before. They are the fantastic company that will take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to proudly display or give as gifts. And one of the great things about Fracture, one of my very favorite things, is they hand assemble these things, which speaks right to the pen addict in all of us, right? They have a Fractury in Gainesville, Florida, where <laughs> they will get the pictures that you upload to FractureMe.com. You choose the size that you want. The order goes down to the lovely people there in Gainesville, and they print them out, and they hand check them. And they make sure that they're all good and they're all hand assembled, put together, put in these lovely boxes, which are fantastically packed. I've had them sent to me in the UK from Florida, not a scratch on any of them. Remember, these are pieces of glass that have your beautiful pictures printed on them. Because they are hand assembled, they get super backed up at the holidays. So much so that they want us to tell you guys right now, you've all been so awesome to be buying all of these fractures. You're making it super busy over there in the fractory so they need to let you know that if you want to get 
prints for the holiday, which you definitely should because these things make fantastic gifts for family and friends. You want to get that order in as quick as possible. Start making plans now because that queue will get full. So I think if you think, oh, you know, I want to give uh, my family or friends a lovely image of my uh, that I have or of you know of the family of the kids of a big you know a big occasion that's happened in your life or you want to get them for yourself even you want to make sure you get that ordering quick also i love that people um send us pictures of the their fractures when they receive them i think that's really awesome and i know the yeah. fracture account loves it too so you can tweet at us tweet at fracture send us images of the images that you want to put on your walls we love fracture their stuff is so great your photos will never look as good as they look in a fracture. Um, I'm looking forward to when we move here and I'm going to get a ton more because I have a bunch. I have like seven or eight fractures. But when we move, uh, me and Adina move into our own place, I'm going to get all of the Relay FM artwork and put it in my office. Yeah, so you should put uh, a link to Stephen Hackett's. He just recently showed yeah. a picture. It came out really good. And, um, you know, I was like, I was looking at that. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, see, I, I have a bunch um, from some of my older shows. Like, So I have all of the um, 5x5 artwork mm-hmm, so that, right. that, we, that we had back in the day. I have all of those as fractures. Uh, and at some point, I'm going to want to get all of Well, I would like them now, but I have nowhere to put them. So yeah. as, soon as, as soon as we move, me and Adina, then I'm going to pick up some more. But you'll notice the Relay FM one mm-hmm. um, on, uh, on Stephen's wall. That was a gift from me. For his birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And yeah, I haven't gotten the pin addict one yet. I mean, that's just ripe for a fracture, but I have gotten like some personal uh, images in uh, in fractures and they look great. So very cool. I, I need to get on, like I said, I need to get on it. Running out of time already. All right. You ready, Mike? You bet. All right. Oh, do that again. <laughs> Hang on. Let me put it back in. Oh, I haven't, right, I haven't actually told people where to go to get their fractures. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Head on over to FractureMe.com. We just started chatting there. Go on over to FractureMe.com to learn more and get started. You want to use the code PENADDICT to get 15% off your first order and also support this show. Once again, massive thank you to Fracture for supporting Relay FM. And I want to apologize for Fracture that we just completely just started talking about our next topic. Uh, well, that's that's when you know you love a product, when you can just talk about them like they're part of the family. Yeah, you know? which they so. really are. So if you, if you have the images, photos that you like, go to Fracture, FractureMe.com. All right, now are you ready? I'm ready again, yeah. Gosh, that's that's the uh, pen type B, right? <laughs> so that's the pen type B. Um, uh, Sayway and Taylor uh, from CWT sent me a pre-production sample. They had a, a run from the factory that is making the pen type Bs, and this is essentially the the final version. I mean, it was their it was their machining test to make sure all the um, everything was. Um, you know, the design came out good. The tolerances were tight. And, um, I mean, this is this is not anywhere near, like, a prototype level. This is, like, a final version, um, although it's, like, their, their pre-production sample. So they sent me one out to review. Oh, well, I mean, they didn't ask me to review, They but I chose to review it. They sent me one, though, at no charge well, they, to get into they, my hands. They, they assume did I'm send it to you for, as a review unit. Whether you do anything yes. or not is your choice, but that was a right. review unit for you. Right. It wasn't, like, a gift. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I it's it's hard to put those types of things in words. I, yeah. I stumble on that a, a lot. You know, it's like they they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you a pen." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Please send me a pen." And you know, the underlying is that 
hey, you're going to review the pin, right? But that never comes up in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. It's so, implicitly anyway. expected on all <laughs> sides, right? That's... Um, I don't know. Well, Maybe. I mean, so they expect that if they send you a pen, you're going to write about it. And yeah. you expect that if it comes, it's expected that they want you to write about it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a f- correct statement. So I got this pen. It's making me like all googly eyes at it. I read your um, post today uh-huh. about this, and your post is misleading to me. Oh, yeah? How so? Because you don't seem that into it. Really? And then you conclude, and you're like, this thing's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like, know. As I'm I mean, reading I'm... it, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just reading through, and it, it doesn't really feel like you were, like, really, really gung-ho on it. And then at the end, you're like, this thing is, like, super incredible. Yeah, you know, like I you're saying know. that, like it's super, it's like it's pretty heavy, and you know stuff like that, and I don't know. Yeah, just trying to say all the things that you know come into my head. Well, now when I get the pen, you know, there's I want to tell people that there's all kinds of good things about the pen, and then here's what your concerns are going to be. Yeah. About See, the pen. I think I try actually to... what you were doing was a cautionary tale. Mm. That's that. Now that I'm now that you said it like that, and I'm kind of glancing over it again. It seems like, you know, you're just explaining why it's probably not for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you, I, I can yeah, tell I, you love it. I was very interested to see about the fact that this is going to be their last pen. Mm-hmm. So do they feel like they, do they, feel like that they uh, perfected it? Yeah, I mean, that's their thought. They said they've been using this for three or four years, this design, and they, they're not coming up with anything better than this. Um I can appreciate that as an artist, like not 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 that I'm saying I'm an artist, but like mm-hmm. as they are artists, like I can I can really appreciate the th- the thought that like we have made the best. I like right. that. I like that. Right, and they're not saying they made the best pen ever. They're saying they've made the best pen for them. Right. This they're not saying this is the only oh, pen yeah. you yeah, will yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're saying we have perfected what we want to accomplish in pen design and the pen type b is it so yeah my i mean i try to keep all my posts i mean i want them to be and i didn't think about that at all until you said it i mean i just write how i feel but i do want to try to touch all the bases i want to give people the information to make decisions on their own i don't want to tell people yes you should buy it or no you shouldn't buy it because that's not my place to say right i can only go off my opinions, my preferences. Um, I'm going to have opinions. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I mean, when I picked up this pen, I was like, holy crap, it is heavy. And, um, you know, that's going to be an issue for, for people, you know, if the pen they're carrying it in their pocket. Like, if you were carrying it around in, like, nylon baggy shorts, this thing is going to be bouncing around like you had an iPhone in your pocket, right? It's it's that dense of a pen. And if you're not familiar with the Pilot High Tech C refill, sometimes it doesn't start up the second you start writing with it. That's a frustration for people. So I want to be clear on these things, right? There's no sense in me like going super crazy, you know, cotton candy, happy sugar world <laughs> on this pen, you know, or any pen for that matter, to give a false idea of what the pen really is. But on the other hand, it is 
personal opinion. You know, I don't come at it from a generic standpoint. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I'm sorry I put you on the spot like that. That's no spot. I mean, I'm no spot at all. I just, you know, I like to be very, very clear, and I try to be. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm happy to give my opinion on things. You? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and if and I didn't link to the exact post, and Mike, Mike, and I talked about it before the pre-show. If you dig in enough of these posts, you'll see a very strong opinion I had <laughs> related to this pin and what what happened um, in the in a little bit of a side uh, side game to that. But I didn't want to bring any uh, any uh, eyeballs to to that one particular company but anyway <laughs> so you so, were going to ask me a question I was? yeah what was it? I don't know this is ages ago I just want to do that again <laughs> I think you said I want to know what you think and then I just railroaded you oh no uh, actually I don't care what you think <laughs> I'm just kidding Um, I want to know I, I didn't really think I had that but what do you think about it because there's no way that this is a Mike Hurley pin. I no. mean, this is 0% chance that Mike Hurley is even remotely interested in this pin, right? Yeah, there's there's nothing about it that works for me. Yeah. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, that's separate, right? Like that's it's literally like a design piece, like it's a design museum so type piece. Close. Right. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Until it gets to the end, and I can't, I can't take it. Right. Like I could accept the refill, but I just don't like the way the end looks. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very strange to me because I mean I look at it and I think it looks inelegant. But oh, really? I guess yeah. But I guess most people look at it and think that it is beautifully utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inelegant would would have never been a, a word that would have come up for me, right? It looks. This is it seems this is such a very this is such a very strange way to say what I'm going to say, and I don't mean it to sound mean, mm-hmm. because this is way better than anything I could ever do, and I think it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's like what I imagine a pen to look like in George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> because right. I, I know that sounds so strange. It's such a weird thing, but it's like what pops into my head is it's like completely straight mm-hmm. and stark with no frills. Mm-hmm. And then you can imagine somebody's gone, this is the end of that bar. There's this tiny bar that slides in. Let's just cut, slide in, pen goes in. Like the, 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 like the refill goes in. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so like clean, flat, straight. That's all you get. Which some people like. Really, it's a very, very. It's like it's the pen for minimalists, mm-hmm. right? And artistic minimalists because you get the brass thing around the outside. Right. And I love. I adore the way this pen looks when it is mm-hmm. inside the sleeve. I just don't. I just really don't like the end of it. Yeah. Like, but the end of it, you mean like the the the, t- the, tip. the nib, the tip. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad because yeah. I, I really am Why? not trying to disparage this, the work that these people have done. Oh, that's. It, it, but you know what it is, right? If this came yeah. from Mont Blanc, if this came from a bigger company, it wouldn't bother me. It bothers me because I know that there's these two people sitting at the other oh, end of it. I, I see what you're saying, right? Yeah, but I mean, you can't not have an opinion on. I mean, it's 
what you're saying is perfectly valid. I mean, there's no nothing wrong with perfectly valid criticism at all. I mean, it's this pen is not for everybody. This is one of those pens where I feel like I am so far on one end of the spectrum for this pen that I have to be careful because there is no way that this pen is for the vast majority of people or even a small slice of people. It's obviously for a lot of people. It's got a ton of backers. I mean, they're like 130 grand so far or something like that. I mean, they're they're blowing this one out. But me personally and the people that read my site and that listen to this podcast, I have I don't know that I've really heard many people that are in our community say I'm all over this. I've I'm a I'm a huge outlier on this one, I believe. Um just way, way, way on the edge in love with this pen. Um so it's hard for me to I, I feel like I have to be careful. I don't want people to go out and buy this pen on my recommendation. And I say that a lot, right? You have to you have to understand your likes and your needs and the way you use products and what you believe in in, in products um, before you make purchasing decisions. You should never make purchasing decisions off what uh, I say or what Mike says or you know what my blog says. But you know we want to provide that type of information where you can make your own decisions. And on this one, it's hard for me because this one is like 11 out of 10 for me. It's such an outlier that it's hard to kind of communicate the things I need to communicate about this pen. But I don't know. I'm in love with it. Um, really in love with it. Um, and I, I don't know what else to say about it because it's really simple, right? I mean, there's nothing uh, aside from like the, the piston tolerances that it that causes the, the sound and the, um, the recapping of the pen is pretty amazing. It's a very straightforward, simple pen, right? Um, it just is, and the materials are fantastic. Uh, the style is fantastic. Uh, I carry it in my jeans pocket. I have wrote like four pages of notes last night when I was listening to the uh, to the two big uh, audio things we had, um, just so I could use the pen, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I I just wanted to to get that out there. Um, yeah, that's it. That's an awesome pen. I'm all over it. So. You're using the high tech C in this, right? Yeah, the point three millimeter. That's oh, that's God. about the, <laughs> that's the only that's the only refill that I like in the high tech C. Really, well, that's my favorite. The point two five gets a little bit too dry for me, and the point four is a little bit wide. The point three is just um, money. It, it's like deadly perfect for me. Um, that's the other reason why I enjoy it so much. But you know, there are there is a link that I put in the review to where if you have use spacers, you can put other refills in it. Yeah. But yeah, this is such a this back when they did the pen type A, the high tech C was at its peak, and you know, lots of designers, artists, engineers, architects were using that pen, and um, they've kept it uh, built around there. Do you what do you think would happen to the brass? Um, I think it's going to get dinged up and dented and more like scraped and more beautiful. Yeah, I already have a scratch on the uh, flat side of it. Um, yep. I don't even know where it came from. Didn't know there was but, a flat uh, side. That is, again, beauty in utility. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't roll away. There's a flat side. I took a picture of it uh, on the review. It's hard to totally capture, but um, you set it down and it doesn't roll away. Um, 
And this is something that I think I'm seeing in your pictures that I haven't seen before. Is there like mm -hmm. a like a Phillips screw head? Like yeah. not head, but slot. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah, so that's how you get out the refill. Right, so right, you right, just right, back right, right, back that out. Yeah. And um, you know, that's how you get to it. And there's a few other pin designs with the screw. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there's definitely something mm -hmm. um something that'll uh do. But uh I'm actually interested to drop this one on the floor to see if I can like dent the brass like on the on the uh on the round tip or something. I'm just curious how it's going to hold up um, because it's it's a really dense piece of brass and I think it's going to hold up amazingly and it'll look pretty pretty good with some dents and dings into it. So yeah, I'm a, I'll take some pictures as I use it because this is going to be a heavy rotation pin for me. It's just, they might have just called it the pin type Brad. I'm wondering how big a ding you need to get in this thing where you can't put the pen back in the you can't you can't do it it's the it's wall too strong. Is, yeah the wall is just picture the wall has to be thick enough for them to shave out the flat part while keeping the internal round so you can picture how Good thick point. that wall is it's yeah. never gonna you're not gonna do that unless you run over it with a car yeah you're not gonna do it to the point where the rest of the pen would survive anyway yeah this is not a thin wall uh sleeve it's thick Okay. I don't have calipers or anything. I need to get calipers and I need to get a scale. And I keep saying that like every review I do <laughs> and I never do. So I'll work on that. All right, cool. All right. So yeah, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to keep carrying this bad boy. I love it. And, um, yeah, check it out. It's uh it's an interesting pen to say the least. And, uh, certainly not for everybody, but it's, uh, all about me on this one. So ha. Well, I'm happy you found something you like. <laughs> I really like it. I, I do. I, I genuinely, truly like it. And then what's funny is we're going to get to next week, and we're going to have uh, Mr. Dan Bishop on, and we're going to talk about his new design, the EDK, and I'm just going to rave about that pen, too. Good. So it's like there's so many good freaking pens out there right now. It's like both of these pens I carry with me um, that I have them on me pretty much or on my backpack. Um, since I've gotten them both. So, um, you know, I'm going to be saying the same things about the EDK next week. It's like, how can you be so effusive in praise over every single pen, you know? And uh, we love good products. I, I don't know what to say. They're very different pens, you know. That's why I have fountain pens right next to these that I love equally uh, as much as these. You know, we're just, we're stationary nerds. We love this stuff. And, um, you know, we we love good products, and it it makes it easy to uh, to rave about them, right? Yep. That's what we love. Indeed, indeed. All right, so get us on to next week. If you want to find the show notes for today's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 177. If you want to find Brad online, he's over at penaddict.com, knockco.com, knock.co? Both. I thought so. Good. Uh, and he is on Twitter. He is at Dowdyism, D O W D Y I S M, and on Instagram at Penaddict. I am at iMike, I M Y K E, on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thanks again to our friends over at Fracture and Linda for supporting this week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>